0: listeners welcome back to voice over work an audiobook sampler where do you listen today is december 10th 2023 patrick king's book how to speak effectively was written to explain to you the intricacies of conversation and show you how to clearly communicate speak with influence and always be heard so you can know exactly what to say and how to make people remember you in today's episode we will be exploring the acronym HURRIER to help people remember the key skills behind masterful listening. Judy Brownell from Cornell University created the acronym HURRIER to help people remember the skills behind masterful listening. Hearing, understanding, remembering, interpreting, evaluating, and responding. Here are the components of Brownell's model. H. Hearing. Here, hearing means any and all processes that result in you acquiring new information through your senses, and can include things like sight and touch, as well as sound. Good listeners can synthesize information on all these channels. It's what makes us say, I hear you, when we are in fact responding to emotions implied in facial expressions, gestures, and posture. Even when it does come to auditory sensation, there's a lot to listen for beyond the basic facts of the message. You can hear the tone, pace, pitch, volume, and articulation of the voice. You can hear the accent, the rate and depth of breath, and the little clues that hint at certain emotions. To really hear someone, make sure that it's the only thing you're doing. Don't multitask or daydream about what you'll say once they stop talking. Don't get distracted by devices or passers-by. Just sit in the person's presence and be receptive to what they're sharing without needing to hurry or rush them through to a conclusion. If you really can't give them your full attention, there's nothing wrong with postponing the conversation until a time when you can. Example, You're catching up with an old-school friend you haven't seen in 10 years. You sit somewhere quiet and give him your absolute full attention, noticing the subtly different accent he now has, the slight tiredness in his voice, and the fact that he's speaking quite slowly. He's telling you a story about a new promotion at work, and you notice his voice speeds up and gets a little formal as he does so. understanding. Naturally, you want to comprehend the meaning of what you're told once you carefully receive and absorb it. Making sense of what you're told is a process that starts with them and ends with you as you put together the pieces of information they've shared. Once a message leaves its sender and floats across the void in order to reach the listener, there are countless ways for things to be lost or distorted. One of the worst things you can do as a listener is to assume that you've heard and understood when you have it. Consider how a certain word or phrase may mean slightly different things to them than they do to you because of cultural or generational differences. Consider how differently they may use certain imagery, cultural references, or even what they consider to be courteous and good mannered. Luckily, this is precisely what communication is for to close these gaps and dissolve these potential misunderstandings. Check in with the other person to see whether the version of their message you've received is something they recognize. If you're not clear on something, ask for clarification. Paraphrase what you've been told, saying, Have I got that right? Take your time and ask questions rather than assume you know certain details. And importantly, Don't interrupt people as they speak. You might miss out on crucial information. Example, he's summarizing the last 10 years of his work for his company, and you're missing some of the details since you're not familiar with his industry. You ask him at one point, So you say you're a consultant now, but actually you're still technically employed by them, right? You're not only trying to understand what his word consultant means to him linguistically, but also emotionally. R. Remembering It's a mistake to think of listening as passive. As you listen, you're holding all the details of what you're told and actively assembling them as you go, collaboratively creating the meaning with the other person. To do this, you need to be able to recall what you've been told earlier That may mean details from five minutes ago, or it can mean something you were told last year. Not only does effective listening require you to remember details, it requires that you put these details together. If you think, but my memory is terrible, then don't worry. Most problems with remembering during conversations are actually not about memory, but about attention. Usually forget something, not because your memory is bad, but because you weren't properly attending to the stimulus in the first place. To improve your memory, simply slow down, pay close attention, and actively link everything you're told with everything you've already been told right there in the moment. You can then use this to inspire further questions or requests for clarification. Example, he starts talking about his family, and you think, hang on, he's telling me now about his sister, but... Which sister was that? So you say, That's so interesting. I remember you mentioned your sister when we spoke on the phone last week. Is this the same sister? He says, Oh, no, no, this is my younger sister. You make a mental note that he has at least two sisters. This little interlude will fill in any of your own memory gaps and make it appear that you are attentive, careful listener. I Interpreting. The first three letters explain how you receive information and consciously connect it with other information and, in so doing, deepen your comprehension of what it all means. From that point, naturally, you can't help but interpret the message. It's as though we zoom out a little and look at everything around the message, the context, the speaker, their biases, goals, expectations, etc., the additional nonverbal information being shared, any hidden subtext, and so on. These things can add depth and richness to a message, or they can even change a message completely into something else. Note everything you can observe about what the person in front of you is communicating their nonverbal cues, such as body language, voice characteristics, expression, and so on, the underlying emotional meaning behind their words the context of the conversation and why it's happening, how the other person may be responding to you, the speaker's personality, biases, blind spots, and style of expression, cultural, generational, gender, or even socioeconomic factors. Example, you notice an overwhelming emotion of stress and exhaustion in your old school friend, and how his new professional demands and commitments seem to have changed the way he speaks. You note how all of this comes together with a somewhat shy but intense personality, and you observe his style of dress—very somber and businesslike, but quite expensive clothing. E. Evaluating Once you've gathered all of this data together, the next step is, obviously, to decide what to do with it. Crucially, this comes at the end, not the beginning— so you can make sure you're in possession of the entire message before coming to any conclusions. Now, evaluating doesn't mean you decide whether you believe the person, whether you like them or what they're saying, or whether you agree. This is not a question of judgment, but rather appraisal. Here, we need to be on guard against our own assumptions and prejudices. Too many of us are quick to jump into this stage before we've given the other person the chance to express their full message or ourselves the chance, to properly and thoughtfully digest it. Keep reminding yourself that there's no rush, and you don't even have to come to an evaluation if you don't yet feel you're ready. Example. You start to conclude that your friend's work and occupational status have become a big part of his identity. Though he's very casual telling you about his life, and idly complaining about being overworked, you wonder if part of him relishes the label of workaholic and, if in some subtle way, he's showing off. This, however, is a temporary theory, and you don't jump to conclusions just yet. What's more, you acknowledge that much of this interpretation may come from your own values around work and money, your history with this friend in school, and the fact that you used to be a little competitive back then. Keep an open mind. Listen to what they're saying, not what you might think they're saying or what you wish they were saying. This is the stage where a little neutral judgment and objectivity can go a long way. You don't have to be emotionless. Just be clear about what is emotion and what is logic. Recognize your ideas as separate from theirs and identify any influence from biases, beliefs, and values, whether theirs or your own. Finally, Make a clear distinction between the speaker and the message they're sharing. Listening means hearing the message, not jumping to conclusions that fit in line with our assumptions about who the person is or should be. R. Responding. The very last step is to respond. Yet how many of us jump in to respond before the other person has even finished speaking? We skip right over the understanding, the remembering, the interpreting, and so on, and leap in to share our message. The usual result is something that resembles less of a conversation and more a competition. Importantly, you are responding, i.e., what you say is in direct reaction to what they have said. It's an answer, something that connects to their contribution and expands it, continues it, even contradicts it sometimes, but still speaks to it in some way. Have you ever talked to someone who patiently waited for you to stop, then proceeded to talk about something completely different? Chances are you not only felt they weren't listening, you probably felt invalidated or a little insulted, too. Good dialogues are co-created. They're not simply two people monologuing beside one another. If during the course of the other person's speaking, you watch as your chance to share a particular idea has come and gone, don't try to force the conversation to backtrack so you can make your point. Let it go and engage with the conversation where it stands. When you rewind conversations this way, you're essentially telling the other person that all of their contribution beyond that point was unnecessary and unwanted. Don't be surprised if they quickly lose interest after that. Your response should demonstrate that you have gone through the HURRIER acronym and have not only understood but processed what you've been told. Reflect on their message and show them what that idea looks like in your world after you've passed it over your own perspective and values. In a way, it's this final step that proves to the other person how thorough your listening has been. This is because you actively prove that you have taken on board what they've said and engaged with it. Example. You mull over the whole encounter and everything your friend has said, and as a result of all that processing, you say, well, you have clearly got a lot on your plate right now. I have to admit that these days I'm a little allergic to overtime myself and haven't done the daily grind for a long time. I think I just want to live a little more slowly, you know? Do you think you'll cut back at some point, or are you enjoying the hustle and bustle? This is a thoughtful response that shows that you've heard, understood, and processed what you've been told, and you also share some of your own perspective. It isn't judgmental, but curious and collaborative. You may choose to respond in a million different ways, depending on the message and what your goals are. You may ask questions. Show empathy, do a chunking up or concluding statement to signal the end of the talk, or dive in deeper to show that you're interested in continuing. Be aware that expounding on your opinion is seldom something that others appreciate or ask for. Social media platforms like YouTube encourage a kind of illusory conversation that's really just an isolated person talking into a screen with no chance for the listener to respond or steer the conversation. Consequently, people today lack certain listening skills and may mistakenly think that a good conversation is one in which each person gets an opportunity to opine and make a little speech. They may unwittingly focus on how to accurately express themselves and forget to make space for the other person's expression. Using the HURRIER acronym, however, reminds you of the relative importance of different components of a conversation. It's always a good idea to start with a thorough and attentive processing of the other person's message and only then launch in with your own. If you routinely fail to do any of this, you may find yourself earning a reputation as a conversational narcissist, which is what we'll explore in the next section. This has been... How to Speak Effectively. Influence, Engage, and Charm. Written by Patrick King. Narrated by Russell Newton. Copyright 2023 by Patrick King. Production copyright by Patrick King. To learn more about today's author or book, please visit Amazon.com or Audible.com. With an eclectic collection of water cooler knowledge, inspirational stories, and motivational thoughts from some of the newest audiobooks on the market, this has been the Voice Overwork podcast brought to you by Newton Media Group, a family of creative services.